0: What up world Pass first point guard and trailblaze reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of locked on blazers, part of the locked on podcast network available wherever you get podcasts. And now also on YouTube. If you haven't subscribed and you're listening to the show, go subscribe on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button five days a week, free wherever you get podcasts free on YouTube. Sounds like a pretty good deal. Support the show. I would truly appreciate it. Today's episode is a mailbag, a special delivery mailbag. Typically, we do these on Mondays, and I post them on Tuesdays. Call them Mailbag Monday, but sometimes the... A schedule gets in the way and we have to push him back. I'm recording this one on a Tuesday evening, posting on Wednesday. It is a special delivery mailbag episode answering listener-submitted questions all episode long. Uh, if you want to get involved in a future mailbag episode, like I said, we do it each week. There's two ways to do it. You can tweet at me at MikeGRich on Twitter. Just send me a tweet whenever you're thinking of it. it. helps if you tag it as mailbag or indicate that it's a mailbag question in some way. Or wait, follow me on there and wait for the day of the show or check my Twitter feed on the day of the show and you, I will send out a tweet so listening questions you respond to that tweet i will do my best to get you in a show or save it for a future episode if you are not a twitter user or just someone who doesn't tweet you can email me locked on blazers at gmail.com is the address that's locked on blazers at gmail.com that's the two ways to do it like i said we do this every week it's a ton of fun and why don't we just get into it neither snow nor rain nor heat nor gloom of night stays mailbag from your ears our very first question comes from Jay Land at jordan underscore land on twitter who asks what's the plan <laughs> jayland it's correct that's correct I don't. I think one of the most frustrating parts about this Blazers season is that um, it, it just kind of the whole enterprise feels a little bit stale, and it feels like, what's the plan to get out of this? Sometimes it feels like you know it's it's on and off, like whether the front office is 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 around and capable of having a plan, or under investigation, or now with Joe Cronin, it's um what, you know what can Joe kind of after something he hasn't built and just kind of was dropped into midstream? What can where can he go? Or you know just with the coaching staff and everything, it's like this isn't working don't do you have a better plan or or you just look at sort of Damien Lord in his, in his future here and, with the franchise and it's like what's the plan for you too dog like all of it seems um rather tenuous so yeah I like this is sort of the thesis of um it's maybe the thesis of the whole Blazers season but it's certainly the thesis of this episode from What what's the plan Next question comes from Wayne Hughes at Reading the Water, and it was also asked by Ryan at Time Fleeting Thirty Four. Those are both Twitter handles. If you wanted to check those out, but this is a, this is a question from uh, at Reading the Water, but paraphrased by at Time Fleeting in a, in a later question: Is can Joe Cronin really make a trade that salvages this season, given the current record and injured Dame, etc.? So part of me wonders what salvage means right like uh at time fleeting 34 asks you know kind of like is is um you know is is this season salvageable and some of some of that like some of the challenges there right are um the definition of the word I like to do it based on sort of my relative expectations, uh, at the beginning of the season and based on my relative expectations, I, I yeah, I do think the season is salvageable. I thought the boys were going to finish about sixth in the Western conference. Um, you know, avoid the play in, be a team that was on the road to start the playoffs, probably have a matchup that they couldn't win in the first round and go home like that. I thought this team was a little better than they were last season. I thought they were going to take some steps forward. They have certainly have not. The defense has, has been about the same and the offense has been way worse. Um, obviously they've had injuries, and all those things um last year's team had some injuries too you may recall um They've just been straight up worse. I don't think you can. There's not even like a generous read on this that suggests that they're having a better year than they did to start last season. um They're just worse. They're just the worst basketball team uh, all the way around. Um, and so a lot of that is just Dame Lord isn't that isn't what he was in previous seasons. And so much of the engine is just like relying on Dame being one of the ten best players in the league, and he hasn't he hasn't been that. And I'm not sure he's been one of the twenty best players in the league. And and uh, they need him to be really really special. So. Like, so to me, salvageable means can you get back to my expectations at the beginning of the year? And yeah, I do think there are some minor trades. I think you could switch out sort of some combination of Roko, Nurk, and one of Ant or Nas and make a build a roster that um, could finish six in the West. The, The bottom half of the West is bad. Uh, There's just, there's just a lot of room for, for a team to move in. And I think the Blazers, even without taking the big swing, even without trading CJ McCollum necessarily, like they could, they could, they could salvage this thing, right. The ship win 15 of 20 and, and make the playoffs. I, I do not think, well, I don't, I'm not certainly not going to sit here and predict that on this fine, fine Tuesday evening. Um, Yeah, I don't, I don't, um, I don't think that's like totally outside the realm. I think, I think the season is totally salvageable, but if salvageable means like what, what was maybe thought at the beginning of the year by some more optimistic than I, although I will say like locally, everyone that I saw make public predictions had the Blazers finishing like sixth or seventh in the West and winning between 43 and 48 games. I think locally people knew what it was like, even the people who are claiming to like, I knew they were going to be bad, had them winning 43 games. And the people who were like me, who were like, I thought they were going to be good, had them winning 47 games. Like it's, it's not like, I, I think we all knew what it was. So if salvageable means like, you know, competing for a championship, hell no, they can't get there. But um, if it means like getting back to, being a low you know a road a play a team that makes the playoffs and starts on the road yeah i think i think there's a path out um i don't think it's like a super likely path but it's not it's there are simple trades, probably, um, without getting into the, the deep specifics, or, or, but like just like changing the personnel, moving around the deck chairs on the Titanic would pro- maybe would win you uh, some games with a little bit of health, a little better luck in the second half of the season, because there's there's just so much room for a team to take off in the West. Next question comes from Scott at Scott PTB thirty, who asks, Would you be surprised if this is a relatively quiet deadline for Portland? Maybe one trade of Roko and Nurk. And Scott adds, "Why rush the CJ trade now? They waited so this long to get value, and they will have to include picks. Better to keep, better to keep them and pair that pair that lottery pick with CJ's contract this offseason, In my opinion, yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm with you all the way on the CJ McCollum thing, just because like if a good trade presents itself now, take it. No, don't be Vladi Divac. Don't have a good trade. Better trade four days ago, right? Don't do that. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's a chance that." Um, this is a relatively quiet deadline. I will say that, like on this podcast, uh, Jason Quick made it pretty clear. Uh, this is Jason Quick of the Athletic, a regular guest in this podcast, who I'm hoping to get back this week. Made it pretty clear that Joe Cronin plans to make moves, make splashes, make big trades. Um, I think the the COVID stuff that's happening in the league right now has kind of slowed down the momentum on that. But I think there's reason to believe that Joe Cronin is empowered to make the big moves, not trade like Damon Lord or whatever. But they don't want to trade Dame, right? And Dame doesn't want to go anywhere. So it would be trading cj making that that is the big splash we're specifically talking about here and i think um judging from quick's early reporting and i'm not even this isn't like stuff he's told me that i'm I'm, this is just like what he said in this space i'm always listen to the quick episodes is my advice and listen closely with your sharpest ears um and like yeah i i think there's reason to believe that that cronin will make a big trade but if i like judging just by the momentum where we are now, I, it wouldn't surprise me if it's if it's a quiet one, Scott. I think you're on to something. Um, but I don't think it's like... I, certainly not set in stone um, that that he's going to do nothing or that it's too hard. But, I, but yeah, I think... Um, I think both paths are still very, very, very possible. But the idea that they have to and will blow it up, that's all I'm trying to say here is like that's not a guarantee. They might follow Scott's plan and be a little bit quieter and then in the summertime really retool because they might just stink anyways um, and, and maybe getting getting the draft pick they want and figuring out the plan there would make more sense. Let's come back in the second segment answer more of your questions this glorious Mailbag Monday. But first, let's talk about bill You know why... Free trials renew without your consent? It's because it's a business scam and they're trying to get you. So don't let those greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill and take control of your subscriptions. It's a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for sub- subscriptions that you don't need, that you don't want, or that you simply forgot about. Companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. And so Truebill makes it incredibly simple. You just link your accounts on Truebill and on the Truebill app, and they can cancel it in one tap. And if it's more than one tap, there are tr- there's a Truebill concierge, a service you're paying for that will go ahead and cancel it for you. I've used Truebill from the time I went to m- uh, truebill.com/slash MBA to the time I was looking at all my subscriptions. My phone was under it was like ten minutes under fifteen minutes. Super super quick um, and super simple to get eyeballs on all of the digital subscriptions I had. So th- why don't you give it a shot? Head on over to Truebill.com slash and start canceling today. Don't fall for those subscription scams. Go right now. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash Oh All right. We're still rolling through this glorious, I think I called it Mailbag Monday, but it's a special delivery mailbag. It's in your feed on Wednesday, December 29th. And if you listen to it a little bit later, it's a super special delivery mailbag because uh, you're catching up with the podcast and I appreciate you listening. If you haven't already, go subscribe to the YouTube channel. I haven't plugged it in the middle segment in a while, so why not change it up? Change it up a little bit. Let's Let's keep rolling. Mailbag Monday. This next question, or excuse me, let's keep it rolling. Special delivery mailbag. This next question comes from Conexion Blazers at Conexion Blazers on Twitter, who asks, would Tom Thibodeau be able to fix this defense or would it be too big of a challenge, even for him keeping the same personnel, of course? The Knicks are 22nd in defense this year. Talent matters more than coaching. Um, the, The Knicks defense was like totally predicated on... Corralling all of the action to a really talented rim protector and without Nerlens Noel and without Mitchell Robinson playing at the level they were last season slash being injured, you know, unavailable and then playing poorly when they are in there, the Knicks have tumbled. Nerlens Noel was a dominant force last year without him in the lineup to be that dominant force. The Knicks are way worse because... Personnel is always more important than coaching. Always, it's something like sixty percent of the of the formula. Maybe more. Maybe like sixty five percent. Coaches matter. Players always matter more. Next question comes from Jacob G on Hawthorne, who asks, "To what extent do players read written coverage about them? Has this changed over time? Has a player ever referred to something? You, the you there that that second uh, second person pronoun is referring to me, the podcaster has." Has a player ever referred to something you wrote about them? Uh, I don't think specifically, um, I think one time I wrote about, Mo Harkless and his mom and he kind of thanked me for writing it but I didn't get the sense that he wrote it or that he read it rather I just got the sense um that he knew that I, I wrote the story um yeah I, I don't think players read too much of like the like the media in the traditional sense now like social media it's like most players in the league are in their 20s right they're just they're if you're in your 20s uh, or or know someone who is like they're on their phones they're just they're reading social media they're getting their news on Instagram and, and Twitter And if they want to go deeper, some guys certainly do, but I think it's more typical that, you know, you read headlines, you read tweets, you read screenshots. I think that's more how it happens. Uh, You read the aggregators, but your friends do and your people do. And then your people send you screenshots and your people send you, send, you know, tell you what happened for sure. It's players will always get wind of what you write. If you write something negative and if and if you write something positive, unless it's like glowingly positive, they probably won't get as, uh, as much a wind of it. But um, you know, with the social media age, like you don't need to read a newspaper. So when I worked for the newspaper, no one, no one needed to specifically read, uh read that, Jacob G. Next question comes from at Connor Gregg. That's Connor at ConnorGrag on Twitter, rather. I'm messing up how I do names all of a sudden. At ConnorGrag I- asks. In an alternate reality where player coach rules are brought back to ease the hardships of COVID, how many points could Chauncey get in the league right now? This is one of those. <laughs> this is one of those uh, of um, those fictional scenarios where I was like, just Connor, just leave COVID out of it. Just go with a what if player coach rules are got back, brought back or how many points could Chauncey score? I should have edited that, but I realized it in real time. It was uh, a fictional scenario reminding us of the harsh realities of our real life. Um, I feel like Chauncey could. Score score like five and a half in an nba game um if he played like 28 minutes um i'm sure he can still shoot like spot up shooting um i think his mobility would be a problem and you assume like on defense it wouldn't matter that he was horrific because like you watch the blazers and bunch of those dudes get to play uh, a ton of minutes despite that uh being a quality of their defense so yeah i think like five and a half um not a bunch. He's not going to be able to get to the rim very often. I think he'd get fouled. I think he'd score in the post a little bit. Um, yeah, like, you know, f- five and a half. He'd be like a uh, Cody Zeller type of type of offensive player, um, just at 6'4". Next question comes from Paul at Bishop1415 or 1415 on Twitter, who asks, Which Blazer would be the most fun to hang out with on a snow day, past or present? My mind went two places immediately. If I wanted to go outside, I'd probably pick Chris Kamen. Um, I'm not a hunter, I've never, never been hunting, so um I, I imagine Chris Kamen would take me hunting and I probably wouldn't enjoy that too much. Um, but he he's just like an outdoorsman. He would have fun stuff to do. He would have snowmobiles, he would have um, you know, he would know crazy crazy places to go out into the wilderness like he would you could go on a real snow adventure with him. uh you'd probably have to pack like a rifle and a bow and arrow and maybe like flint and steel or whatever but cayman would um cayman would be it would be like you'd have a real snow time with chris cayman also i bet he knows wild sledding hills um and the other one that came to mind if you wanted to have an indoor indoor snow day would be carmelo anthony because it um my man just knows luxury. He, he's uh, he's really into expensive wines. Um, he one time went to the bodega in a in a bathrobe. He lives a bathrobe lifestyle. I feel like snow days are bathrobe days. So yeah, I think Mellow is my indoor um, snow day, and Cayman is my outdoor snow day. Um, it, your mileage may vary on what you're after, but I think that's those are the two poles for me. Next question comes from an anonymous question asker who asks the following. Since the fans spend so much time listening to you, again, this is a second person (laughs) pronoun referring to me, I was hoping you could outline your relationship with the team. We know you're not from Oregon originally, so you don't have the lifelong emotional connection to the team. How has being out here for the time that you have changed your fanhood? Would you consider yourself a, quote, fan? How has it evolved over the years, and do you think it would be the same if the Blazers hadn't been a playoff team the whole time? So I get this question a lot. um, and. And I, like, I recognize the the curiosity of it and all those things. Um, so let me unpack this a little bit. Um, one, I think most of my fellow co-hosts on, on the Locked On Network are fans of the team that they're doing a podcast about. Like, some of them, like, legitimately diehard, awesome, huge, passionate fans. Um, and, like, so I'm not like, I'm not a fan because that's not what we do here. Like, that's literally what we do here. <laughs> Like, I'm the weird one um, on the Locked On Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm the weird one. I I recognize that. I'm the oddball. Um, pretty much all of my colleagues, all of my peers are like, um, you know, huge Rockets fans, huge Mavs fans, huge Pelicans fans, whatever it might be. Um, shout out to Matt George, huge Kings fans. Um, but... I'm, I'm not that. Um, and I don't say that as to be some, I think there's this thing with journalists and particularly like people of sort of my demographic roughly in the journalism, um, you know, age and, and experience level that, that use, um, that say they're not a fan and they're nonpartisan as some way to sort of like celebrate the sanctity of, of the profession. Um, and that's just quite frankly, not what I'm doing i'm not doing that um i am not a i'm I'm not a blazer fan because i'm just not a fan of the team and i mean that as not a way to say i don't give a shit about your favorite team screw you which i think a lot of people when they hear me say that that's what they hear that is not at all what i'm saying what i am is someone who really respects what it means to be a fan of something and what it means to be a fan of something is it, it, it 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 a, a loss hurts you, a win you can ride with like if you feel it in your bones. It matters to you and it has like a, a, like a strong emotional attachment. you you know you really you start to like the players on the team. you're sad when they go. you know you'll um, it's it, like it's in you and it's a part of you and I, res- I respect that, which is why quite frankly, I try to do a really good job on this podcast because I respect what it means to love this stuff. And and I appreciate y'all, and I do not want to disrespect you by, first of all, measuring fandom, right, Um, or claiming on something that I frankly am not. The Blazers can't hurt me. They don't move me emotionally. I spend a whole bunch of my brain—I got a big old head, and I spend a whole bunch of that that space in there— thinking about this team and trying to do a good job and covering them and thinking about them and talking about them and sharing sort of my insights and my thoughts with you like it that matters to me and I spend a lot of energy thinking about the Portland Trailblazers right Um, and that might sound like fandom but to me it's not because fandom is something different it's a it's a love and a and, and and you know it's that love hate sort of borderline with a team where you really are emotionally connected to it so I'm I'm not a fan because I, I've never had that with the Blazers. I briefly tried to adopt it when I first moved here in 2006. And I, like, I liked Brandon Roy and Zach Randolph. Um, Brandon Roy really helped me fall in love with NBA basketball. But I'm not, I don't have it deep in my bones. Carolina basketball is deep in my bones. I know what it means to be a fan. Um, they lost by 29 when I was traveling here to North Carolina where I'm recording this episode. Uh, in my family, we're still mad about that. It's been almost two weeks I know what this is like, and I'm not, I'm just, I'm not that. And I, and I, and I'm not that because I respect what, I respect what the F word means, quite frankly. All right, let's come back, close out the show with more of your questions in this glorious Mailbag Monday. But before we do that, let's talk about Bill Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. That's all they're doing. They're just making delicious uh, protein bars. 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, four to five grams of sugar, and no more than five grams of net carbs. They pack a real punch, and they're also delicious. They're coming in just so many different flavors. My personal favorites are cookies and cream and uh, and peanut butter brownie. But there's new flavors all the time. If you're into the super chocolatey ones, you can get double chocolate. You can get salted caramel. You can get mint brownie, um, a, a big favorite among the uh, locked-on podcasting types Uh is the coconut brownie chunk. Uh, we, we we literally send each other messages on Twitter when coconut brownie chunk is available so we can all go purchase it. So w- whatever it is, it'll if you're if you're interested in Built bars, if you're interested in delicious protein bar, you'll find something that meets your palate. So why don't you go check it out? Go to built.com, use that promo code locked15, you get 15% off your next order. That's promo code locked15 for 15% off at built.com. Today's show is also brought to you by betonline.ag, just the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, whatever that sports action is, basketball, football, boxing, soccer, MMA. If you want to play your favorite Vegas casino games, all available on betonline.ag. And if you go to that website right now, which you can visit on your mobile device or on your desktop computer, you can get a 50% welcome bonus when you use the promo code Locked On. So if you're making your first deposit, make sure you put in the promo code Locked On. Get that 50% bonus, and then you can find you can bet on basically every sport with more lines, more props, more odds than they've ever had before. That's BetOnline.ag where the game starts. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listening to Locked On Blazers, and we're still rolling through Mailbag Monday. This next question. From Eric Griffith, that's Eric G underscore NBA on Twitter. Uh, Eric is, was a former contributor to uh, Blazers Edge, contributor to the Willamette Week, and um, a longtime smart person who, who thinks about the Portland Trail Blazers. And Eric asks, This season so far is pretty much par for the course in the Lillard era, but it feels like the perception of the team's chances for success are much worse than usual opinions on why that has shifted and eric provides the following evidence it certainly feels like this is the worst season the worst blazers team in the dame era but they've had the same record through 33 games in 2015-16 and in 2016-17 were only one game better in 2019-20 for better or worse this season is not an outlier so far yeah um some of this is undeniable, right? Like some of this is is for sure undeniable. But the, the the like the basic answer to your question, Eric, is the difference in this season and seasons past is both context and time. Uh, context includes time, but uh, you know um, the context of the season, the context of what's happening with this season is um, certainly a little bit different. But also just like time, six years into this experiment and we're still here. If this was 2015-16, the first year of the experiment, struggling doesn't feel as bad. In fact, the years you mentioned, 2015-16, the Blazers were tanking. They were trying to be bad. It didn't work. They got really good in in January. They ripped off a couple games um, early in January, and then they won something like 18 of 20 and ended up winning 44 games. Like, they were trying to be bad. It didn't feel so bad because um, expectations at the beginning of that season were very, very different. That was the first year post-Lamarcus. That was just... um, they that was a team that was hoping to lose and then they accidentally won and i think it kind of sent everything out of whack it certainly convinced uh, neil oshay that he got a bunch of stuff right which he maybe didn't um which is kind of the the theme of his tenure um 2016 17 was just a straight up bad bad season um i I would say that this, the sentiment around this year is very similar to what it was like in 2016-17. Um, I, I think acting like this this season is more doomy is just like spending too much time on Twitter.com, quite frankly. 2016-17 um, was bad news bears. That team was coming off a second-round playoff uh, berth. They had, you know added some some new parts but mostly brought back the same team that they thought was really good and really young and was going to grow together and they sucked they were bad and then they had to basically pull the plug at the trade deadline they traded their basically their only the only truly tradable part that wasn't on a giant contractor named Damian Lillard and um, they traded that for a backup center in Denver who wasn't playing and was out of the rotation, kind of like a former lottery pick that they were taking a flyer on and a first-round pick, and they did not do a press conference because they did not think Yusuf Nurkic was good, and they were only excited about the draft pick. He changed the season and changed the direction of the team. Like 2016 17 was a bad, straight up bad year for the Portland Trail Blazers. Um, I do not think it is different than this season. I think it is, I think it's very similar. Um, I think that's the most comparable year in a lot of ways. Um, for my money, uh, that and the lockout season where they quit on Nate McMillan and everybody got fired. Those are the two most similar years. Um, but like, I don't. I, I, I like I don't I think there's there's a lot of truth to what you're saying is like this season is not an outlier but I I think the two seasons the first two seasons you're highlighting here are, are are um the vibe was very different in in year one and then the vibe was very similar in year two like people were acting the same way uh, and 2019 20 is a bizarre year because Nurk got hurt and then Zach got hurt immediately then Rodney Hood got hurt and like I think by the time we got here they had already signed Carmelo Anthony and they were like. They they were bad again. <laughs> like they were bad. In 2016, 17 they scraped by and made uh ended ended up, you know, getting the last playoff seed. In 2019-20, they they had to dog it out for eight games in the playoff in the uh in the bubble and then make um and then end up making the playoffs and, and getting the eighth seed. Like those teams were bad were not good. And I think it felt in real time that those teams were kind of not good and doomed. I think I disagree that the perception that these teams chances are much worse than usual. I think that the perception is why are they still here? (laughs) I think, I think that's the angst that at least like from my perception of the fan base is like, it's not that this season feels specifically worse. It's that this season feels eerily the same as the hamster wheel that the Blazers have been in again. And they were supposed, you know, you, you, you think of progress as linear or at least like, um, you know, steps. So you might take a step and plateau, a step and plateau. And the Blazers have just hit that, hit the sort of that plateau. And then they randomly jump up a rung and make the Western conference. Um, it's a uh, Western conference finals. I mean, um, the years that they've had a healthy nurk, they've been a good regular season team. Uh, I, 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 um, yeah. I just think that's kind of undeniable. Um, the years that they've had a, that they've had a healthy NERC, like, and maybe that's the outlier here is like, I, this is a, like another season without, um, we know they're going to miss NERC for two weeks or whatever it is. Um, you know, it's, if he only misses five games, it's certainly a lot less than he's missed in the past. So it, it this will be an outlier season. I think there's reason to believe that they might end up like where they were in some of those years you highlighted, which is like eighth, somewhere between sixth and eighth, fifth and eighth in the West, the fifth in the 2015-16 year. Um, all of this is to say, and this goes back to the first question, like, what's the plan? I think that's the angst. I think that's the perception. I think that's why people are upset. It's not that the results are so much um, sort of out of alignment with what has been typical. It's that they're the same results that they've been it's the same hamster wheel, the same place they've been churning where it's like, oh, this team isn't very good or, oh, this team, they're like, oh, this team's ceiling is something like the second round of the playoffs. If things go right for them, they're back in that same spot. I think the angst is the familiarity. It's not that this season isn't an outlier. You've identified it correctly. This season is typical and that, that it being typical, it being familiar, I think has, um, has, is stirred up the fan base. Why are we still here? I think is, I, I really think is, is, is more the, is, is more the perception. So what's the plan? (laughs) We'll close with that. I still don't know. I, on a lot of nights, I don't know what the coaching staff's plan is. I still don't have a good sense of what, um, of what the front office plan is. As I answered an earlier question, I think it's equally likely that they blow this thing up and trade CJ and Nurk and Rocco and that they just, tr- or they just trade Robert Covington and kind of just move, move, make one little move and keep it going. Like I think what's the plan. I think both those are reasonable and I like, I, I don't know. I think one of the things that I've gotten better at on this podcast and um, this mailbag space is admitting that I don't know stuff and What's the plan, Trailblazers? I, <laughs> I have no clue, really. But at least we are reminded by Eric's question and 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 uh, solid research that they've been here before. It's felt bad before, and they have been a low level playoff team out uh, on the other side. So whether that sounds like good news or more terrible news, as Eric suggests, uh, that's you can choose your own adventure. Whatever adventure you choose, please tell your friends about this podcast. The way podcast audiences grow is that you, dear listener, tell your friends who are also Blazers fans about this show. That's that's like word of mouth is the way it happens. So do me a favor. Tell your friends about it. Tell them they can get it on YouTube or wherever they already get podcasts. Just search Locked on Blazers. And we'll be right there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.